Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, February the 9th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is lenticular which means having the shape of a double convex lens. All right, how about that? I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. I woke up this morning, or we all woke up this morning, to some sad news. Mary Wilson, one of the original Supremes, passed away at 76. Wow, 60 years in show business. Not many people can say that. And by the way, she had a new album that was due out in two months. Well, we'll see how that goes. I'm sad to say usually when they pass, there's something that gets caught up in their estate. And we know how that drags out. But maybe we'll get to hear her voice one last time. You know, also Cicely Tyson passed a a week or so ago. Then there was Hank Aaron. And it was even Screech from Saved by the Bell. You know, a lot of great entertainers are passing away. Man, but that most definitely was uh, disheartening to hear the passing of Mary Wilson, one of the original members of the Supreme. My mother loved the Supreme. She grew up in that Motown era. So, you know, there's a lot of them out there that's, that's playing those old tunes this morning. All right. Well, the Trump impeachment trial starts, supposed to start at one o'clock. Well, we'll see how that goes. Moving on. The National Transportation Safety Board, in regards to the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant and others, is likely to come out with a report, or they've already came out with a report saying that the pilot likely became disoriented when he flew through some clouds. Huh. I didn't know that helos didn't have black boxes. And they're saying that he probably violated some visual flight rules, which means you need to see where you're going. Now, the NTSB is an independent federal agency that investigates transportation crashes but has no enforcement powers. They only submit suggestions to the Federal Aviation Administration or the Coast Guard, which have repeatedly, at some time or another, more likely than not, they reject some of the board's safety recommendations. Now, the Hilo also wasn't equipped with what they're saying that a lot of helos need and maybe after this it will come into play or will be implemented this is called a, a visual or a, I guess it's like a how do you say I guess it's like a, a, a like a tracking system where they have like a, a, a terrain notification I guess it lets you know when you're getting close to some hills or mountains or what what have you apparently helos don't helicopters don't have it 
and they're really pushing for that now more than ever because of this. All right, the UNC game against Miami was canceled due to COVID concerns. Apparently, after the Saturday night's victory over the Duke Blue Devils and a video surfaced of two UNC basketball players partying and, of course, without face masks. Hey, why would you have on a face mask if you're partying and having a good time? Maybe drinking. I shouldn't say that. Kids in college, underage, don't drink. Do they? Of course they do. Well, this video surfaced and up came the COVID concerns, of course. I gotta say, young man, you gotta make better decisions. Gotta make better decisions. And also, classes at UNC has uh, have also been postponed until next week. That is in-person classes. They're still doing the virtual. Because apparently, which is a tradition, during those uh, UNC and Duke games, great rivalries, students stormed Franklin Street. And they will... If you look at the, the video, they apparently they were trying to start a fire. Didn't work so well. Police and campus police and Chapel Hill police quickly came out and put an end to that. But, hey, those college kids, and that's a, such a great rivalry. I, I mean, you would think that they wouldn't, but you had to know they were going to. I mean, come on now. It's Duke and UNC. What do you expect? All right. You know, yesterday I told you I was going to dive into a, a, a topic that is, um, I don't think many people know. And I didn't know, honestly. Doesn't seem like it, it should be a problem, but it is something. COVID has bought up some uh, holes in, our, in, in many of our public health departments. And apparently... It, they're, they're, they're putting a strain on the workers, of course, which is a gimme. And also, the strain is really coming from lack of infrastructure, resources, and good old money. Funding. Hmm. What a surprise. That bureaucratic red tape back at work again. Always on at work, I should say. Now, public health workers, they have many roles. But now they're, they're more placed into the uh, contact tracing for COVID, educating their community about safety precautions and more. On top of their regular duties of inspecting water wells and restaurants. Now, North Carolina, and I didn't know this, North Carolina is the nation's ninth most populated state. Now, apparently over the last, the past decade, the number of people working in local public health and the money spent on it at the local and state level has declined. In short, the infrastructure has collapsed. Spending at state level dropped by 27% from 2010 to 2018, which is where this report really digs into. I mean, uh, lot of data, the data that they could find, as I'll explain later, which was another surprise to me. But due to the adjustments based on 
are based off of inflation and population growth. It dipped at 16% nationally across all states. North Carolina has apparently what is called a decentralized public health system, which means the local level carries most of the responsibilities of figuring out when the money when the money is when the money comes where it's spent and also the resources for local health departments I mean presumably presumably health departments rely on of course which another thing I didn't know that at the local level funding is 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 relied upon on tax revenues, property tax revenues to be exact. And that's what gives them a, a, a large percentage, percentage of their operating budget. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, how can that be? I mean, there were several times I remember that uh, in a lot of counties, there was a, a, a what you call a bond referendum where they would put on the ballots during election a, a, a yay or nay do you want to raise the property taxes a lot of places said yeah but uh, apparently this isn't trickling down to the rural counties here in North Carolina so the rural health departments with of course smaller tax revenue have less to work with so what do they rely on grants from the feds and nonprofits, but that's extremely volatile. I mean, the grants, of course, everybody thinks the Fed has all the money and the donations, but if they don't have it, they don't have it. So that puts them in a bad spot. But apparently, North Carolina isn't the only state that doesn't have a complete budget. It's common across the United States. Now, with this decentralized form of of dispersing money, one thing I found out, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when they were asked, you know, what do you need, how much you need, they couldn't explain it. They couldn't explain you know how the the previous funds and resources were used or couldn't explain what funds and resources they needed because there was no centralized data gathering program now how, how this works is funds and resources are given to specific targeted area that was stunned that was funded by state or fed dollars I mean, one official says it pretty much equates to, yeah, you would get the money, but it was only targeted to one specific area and you had to account for it. So I guess they had to go through the bureaucratic red tape of trying to clear the money up so they could use it for uh, the pandemic, which seems kind of odd. I would think that it would be an automatic, but... Once again, that bureaucratic red tape. Now, they're also experiencing a lack of staff. 
They need more money, no more people around to to fit in and fill the need. But another thing that has came up once again, this this bureaucratic red tape, especially they specifically named the CARES Act. Apparently with the CARES Act, once again, it specifies as to how the money can be used. But you have to hire someone to do the paperwork because you don't have the staff because of your funds have been cut or you haven't raised enough revenue. So you imagine you have the feds on your back saying, hey, account for this money. And you have a pandemic where you're saying you need more nurses or doctors or contract contact tracers. So you have to hire someone to do paperwork as opposed to hiring someone to help you out during the, a pandemic of this magnitude. It produces another problem, of course. So not only is there a lack of infrastructure, now you have staffing issues. And now you also have to worry about added guidelines. Apparently somebody's uh, counting the pennies. Now, I uh, I have to admit, I, I, I don't know much about this bureaucratic process or, you know, infrastructures of the Department of Health. But it would seem to me that if you have something of this magnitude, meaning COVID, that all of that would just, all of your little red tape or your policy and procedures perhaps would go by the wayside because you have a problem that you need to handle and you need to handle it immediately. Now, imagine if you're, um, say you're a head of a department and you've already experienced budget cuts, this pops up and now the politicians are coming out saying you need this, 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 and whatever. Sounds good to the media, but in actual practice, you're sitting there looking like, okay, where is all of this coming from we don't have the resources we certainly don't have the funding we don't even have the staff now one particular head mentioned that they had to move people around which you know hey I mean that's that's any job you you know when something comes up you got to move people around but they're finding that they had this particular head found that they had to move a drug counselor to now become a contact tracer. No experience, no training. Just, I guess you got on the job training. Do it. How crazy is that? You know, like I said earlier, apparently this is a problem across the nation. Not just here in North Carolina, but it's everywhere. So, you know, when this study was done or the data that they could extract was done between 2010 and 2018, that's eight years where they were finding now that funding has been cut. So where did the money go? Who knows? There's no centralized data gathering system. There are big holes in the, the Department of Health. And I don't think it's the ones that are working it. They just have to do their job. I think it comes from a higher up. 
I mean, you're, 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 of course, your politicians, they make the d- decisions, the policymakers, aren't they? So apparently at some point in time, they said, well, we maybe could use this money somewhere else. And I'm sure it was a, a, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Hell, nobody knew COVID was coming. But COVID came and then exposed it like an open sore. The system has been exposed. You're lacking the infrastructure. You're lacking the funds. You're lacking the resources. You're lacking the pe- the personnel. You, you don't have enough staff. I mean, like for nurses. Now, some nurses make a, a nice, a nice amount of money. But if you're going to ask them if you have to hire some and you don't have the budget to hire them or you're trying to will them in with less than what they're accustomed to or less than what they're supposed to get paid and they're saying nah that ain't gonna happen so they have to go back and and, and ask for the ones that have retired to come back I've heard that I know you have I've heard it how I mean all of this exposes our system COVID has exposed our system for what it truly is flawed where we can move money around and say ah it'll be okay and then when something happens like this we run around like a they run around like a bunch of keystone cops you know those old black and white movies where those keystone cops are running around with those little billy clubs and those long jackets and those funny hats bumping into each other well that's pretty much what's happening here across the nation it exposed a weakness now as crazy as it sounds with this exposure of the weaknesses of lack of, you know, lack of personnel, lack of funding, lack of resources, the infrastructure is totally shot. I wonder how many people lost their lives because of this. I mean, it may seem unfathomable, but come on, think about it. If there are that many holes in a system that is supposed to protect public safety and at the time the pandemic started or has started has been ongoing and now you're finding you don't have those resources and people are coming in how many people have lost their lives because of that I don't want to think about it I don't want to say I don't want to speculate but hey realistically think about it I'm sure there's been quite a few So I'm wondering now, like I said earlier, where did the money go that you you took from these programs and where did you move it to? Can't you move it back? Can't move it back fast enough. I mean, you can't make the vaccine fast enough. Also, hell, here in Durham, Durham County Health Department has came out and said, you know, at one point they said, if you had an appointment, you were fine. They were going to vaccinate you. Now they're coming out and they're canceling all the appointments because they don't know when they're going to get the vaccine or if they are going to get the vaccine. 
So, again, I ask, where did all the money go? I mean, were you saving it or were you spending it elsewhere? And if you were spending it elsewhere, where were you spending it at? Certainly wasn't here. Certainly wasn't here. And it shows, it shows, it shows, it shows. Well, I don't know about you, but that there opened my eyes to bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is a, a, a funny thing. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. Isn't that the way things go in life? I mean, even with technology, I always say to, you know, hey, when it works, it works. But when it doesn't, it doesn't. It still needs that human interaction. Still needs those human beings there to input those numbers or what have you or hit that button for something to activate. Still need these human beings here to deal with this pandemic, don't we? We find ourselves in a very awkward spot. Awkward and hurtful in many instances. Now, like I said, I'm no politician. I'm no great public health official. But there's a lot of common sense things that have been missed here that, once again, has been exposed. Like you not having a a centralized data gathering that could be shared across state lines. How long has that been going on? Has that been a standard practice? That you only report these numbers every two years. And then when you report them, there's some gaps in it because there's no centralized way of doing it. You just throw together a bunch of numbers, throw it in a report, or put it on a spreadsheet and send it out. And that satisfies your 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 job performance, I guess. Hmm. That's totally unsat. I mean, to find out during a pandemic of this magnitude that there are holes into the health department or department of public health and safety. This is eye opening. There has to be a lot of changes there. I, I'm not going to say that they're going to change some things. Yeah, they are. They're going to have to because there's a lot of accountability practices that haven't been answered or can't be answered because it's been a standard practice and COVID exposed that COVID has exposed a lot. But more specifically here, the money that's supposed to be allocated, you think it comes in and and, and we as American citizens and taxpayers, I know I when I first started reading it and then I, I thought to myself, I said, well, what well, damn, I mean, I would think that they would have a better plan in place. I mean, they should. I mean, there's money, federal money, taxpayer money that's that's being spent. You would think it would be more stringent than this. Seems like it's a lackadaisical attitude. One, one official said that. I mean, and, and that kind of threw me also. She she said outright that, yeah, the money is given, but it's only given for a specific set, a specific amount of time. And when the money is gone. Or when the program ends, the money that is dwindled or or X'd out, meaning they don't receive any more funding. So you just cut 
the funding for a specific program that you quote unquote said you targeted for and you thought, hey, it's only going to last this amount of time. They won't need any more help if they do. Oh, well, whatever. So you cut. I mean, you, you just cut the funding altogether. You know, you have money that's that's for this. When that program or when that time expires, you, you, you stop sending money or you take the money back. Where do you put this money that you take back? And the allotment that you had for a specific thing, how do you determine or how do you know that it can be used for that time and they won't need any more help? Another thing that came out of it, the infectious disease control program at most of these rural health departments, and by rural, I mean in, in counties that are further out, you know, the country, they don't have any money or very limited money. Now, now here we have a, a national pandemic, international pandemic, and the, the infectious and the disease control departments in a lot of these places don't have any money. I mean, they named three counties out in the uh, western part of the state in the mountains that somehow, I mean, and I found that, that, that blew my mind. They they have a, some of the highest rates of COVID in the state. And I'm thinking, man, man these are, they, these, there's not a lot of population in these counties. I mean, it's in a mountain. But maybe it doesn't have anything to do with population. Maybe it has more to do with they don't have the funding or the resources to fight this. So it's spreading. Surprise, it's spreading. Wow, what do you know? So you have to deal with that as a health official. I mean, it's just your job. You're not you're not a policymaker. And you have to sit there and look in these people's faces and try to explain to them why or why not you can't do or can do certain things because you don't have the money. Because somebody somewhere sitting in an office, crunching numbers, decided, ah, they don't need that. They can move that somewhere else. Hey, where did you move it? Or, or you can't go back and get that. So you have infrastructure problems that have been exposed. You have lack of funding. You lack of resources. And you have lack of personnel because you can't pay them. So where is all of this money that was generated from tax revenue? Because like I said earlier, I could I, I know full world full well that I have voted on many of bond referendums or tax increases on many of ballots. And now you're telling me you don't have the money. Is it that enough people aren't paying taxes? What are you doing with the money? What are you doing with the revenue? Why do we have to find, wait and find out during a pandemic that the entire state, you might as well say, is hurting? Can't provide basic services. Relying on the feds. You know, I, I wondered... When, when this started, I can remember uh, President Trump saying, well, it's a state problem. Then I remember hearing uh, the governor of North Carolina 
saying, nah, we're going to need some help from the feds. And other governors across the United States said the exact same thing. Nah, we're going to need some help from the feds. Now we know why. Bureaucracy. Idiocy. Let's call it that. Idiocy and and, and just a, a total abuse of power. It is what it is. There's no way to clean it up. There's no way. You can't sweep this under the rug. Sorry, not sorry. It's been brought to the forefront. And a lot of people are going to have to answer some questions. Just like when they tried to start at the start of the pandemic, when they went to this particular uh, head and asked her about, you know, what do you need? How much are you going to need? What resources do you have? She couldn't pull it up because there was no, once again, no centralized data gathering service. That's a huge problem in infrastructure. How can you in 2000, let's say 19, 2020, 2021, not have or not think or not implement a data gathering service where your numbers are, they're not even sporadic. They're pretty much non-existent because I think when she said when she finally could get to it or when other people across the, the country finally could get to their numbers they found holes in them they found that they had numbers that didn't make any sense whatsoever hey maybe those dollar amounts also aren't adding up somebody's been doing a little numbers crunching once again where is the money like my uh, like my mother used to say matters like this when it would come out and, and, and people would say she would say oh where's the money and then she'll look and say hey it's in somebody's pocket that's where the money is now we need it I wonder once this pandemic is over how many of these big wigs are going to lose their jobs or lose their elect, elected posts because it, it has to come out. I mean, how do you, as a public health official, say flat out, you don't have the personnel. Then you turn around and say, you don't have the financial resources to hire them. Some money's missing. Some money's gone somewhere. And it ain't been put where it was supposed to be. That's for sure. Maybe that's the reason for this decentralized data gathering program that they have. Doesn't seem... It it ain't centralized in the least. It is decentralized. It's just somebody coming up with some magical numbers. And now it's came... You know, we always say what you do in the dark will come to the light. Well, here's the light. COVID is the light. It is. It's the light. Sorry, not sorry. You've been exposed. Wow. Well, all I can say is, uh, like I said, somebody's going to get it. (laughs) Need to get it. Can't hire people. Can't get the numbers together. 
Nobody knows where the money is. There's a lack of money. The bureaucracy that goes along with the money where it's geared towards one thing. And once that is is done or the money's used up, that's it. Heaven forbid if something else pops up where you're going to need an extension. Can't get an extension because they say, hey, that's all the money we allotted to you. We don't have any more. Nonsense. But that's bureaucracy. It is what it is. Well, I'm going to close this out. Got to get myself together. Time to get moving. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So, hey, offer some feedback. I won't bite. Not verbally, anyway. I mean, not physically anyway. I will bite verbally if you work my last nerve. I will get with you. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Once again, this is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday. February the 9th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is lenticular, which means having the shape of a double convex lens. All right, how about that? I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. I woke up this morning, or we all woke up this morning, to some sad news. Mary Wilson, one of the original Supremes, passed away at 76. Wow, 60 years in show business. Not many people can say that. And by the way, she had a new album that was due out in two months. Well, we'll see how that goes. I'm Sad to say, usually when they pass, there's something that gets caught up in their estate, and we know how that drags out, but maybe we'll get to hear her voice one last time. You know, also, Cicely Tyson passed a a week or so ago. Then there was Hank Aaron. Then there was even Screech from Saved by the Bell. You know, a lot of great entertainers are passing away. Man. That most definitely was uh, disheartening to hear the passing of Mary Wilson, one of the original members of the Supreme. My mother loved the Supreme. She grew up in that Motown era. So, you know, there's a lot of them out there that's, that's playing those old tunes this morning. All right. Well, the Trump impeachment trial starts, supposed to start at one o'clock. Well, We'll see how that goes. Moving on. 
the National Transportation Safety Board in regards to the helicopter crash uh, that killed Kobe Bryant and others is likely to come out with a report or they've already came out with a report saying that the pilot likely became disoriented when he flew through some clouds. Huh. I didn't know that helos didn't have black boxes. And they're saying that he probably violated some visual flight rules, which means you need to see where you're going. Now, the NTSB is an independent federal agency that investigates transportation crashes but has no enforcement powers. They only submit suggestions to the Federal Aviation Administration or the Coast Guard, which have repeatedly, at some time or another, more likely than not, they reject some of the board's safety recommendations. Now, Hilo also wasn't equipped with what they're saying that a lot of helos need and maybe after this it will come into play or will be implemented this is called a, a visual or a, I guess it's like a how do you say I guess it's like a, a, a like a tracking system where they have like a, a, a terrain notification I guess it lets you know when you're getting close to some hills or mountains or, or what what have you apparently helos don't helicopters don't have it and they're really pushing for that now more than ever because of this. All right, the UNC game against Miami was canceled due to COVID concerns. Apparently, after the Saturday's night's victory over the Duke Blue Devils and a video surface of two UNC basketball players partying and, of course, without face masks. Hey, why would you have on a face mask if you're partying and having a good time? Maybe drinking. I shouldn't say that. Kids in college, underage, don't drink. Do they? Of course they do. Well, this video surfaced and up came the COVID concerns, of course. I've got to say, young man, you got to make better decisions. Gotta make better decisions. And also, classes at UNC has uh, have also been postponed until next week. That is in-person classes. They're still doing the virtual. Because apparently, which is a tradition, doing those uh, UNC and Duke games, great rivalries, students stormed Franklin Street. And they will... If you look at the the video, they apparently they were trying to start a fire. Didn't work so well. Police and campus police and Chapel Hill police quickly came out and put an end to that. But hey, those college kids and that's a, such a great rivalry. I, I mean, you would think that they wouldn't, but you had to know they were going to. I mean, come on now, it's Duke and UNC. What do you expect? All right. You know, yesterday I told you I was going to dive into a a topic that is, um, I don't think many people know. And I didn't know, honestly. Doesn't seem like it it should be a problem, but it is something. COVID has brought up some uh, 
holes in our in, in, in many of our public health departments. And apparently there there's they're putting a strain on the workers, of course, which is a gimme. And also there the strain is really coming from lack of infrastructure, resources, and good old money funding. What a surprise, that bureaucratic red tape back at work again, always on at work, I should say. Now, public health workers, they have many roles, but now they're they're more placed into the uh, contact tracing for COVID, educating their community about safety precautions and more. On top of their regular duties of inspecting water wells and restaurants, now, North Carolina, and I didn't know this, North Carolina is the nation's ninth most populated state. Now, apparently over the last, the past decade, the number of people working in local public health and the money spent on it at the local and state level has declined. In short, the infrastructure has collapsed. Spending at state level dropped by 27% from 2010 to 2018, which is where this report really digs into. I mean, a lot of data, the data that they could find, as I'll explain later, which was another surprise to me. But due to the adjustments based on or based off of inflation and population growth, it dipped at 16% nationally across all states. North Carolina has apparently what is called a decentralized public health system, which means the local level carries most of the responsibilities of figuring out when the money, when the money is, when the money comes, where it's spent, and also the resources for local health departments. I mean, presumably, presumably, health departments rely on of course, which another thing I didn't know that at the local level, funding is 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 relied upon on tax revenues, property tax revenues to be exact, and that's what gives them a, a, a large percentage percentage of their operating budget. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, how can that be? I mean, there were several times I remember that uh, in a lot of counties, there was a, a, a what you call a bond referendum where they would put on the ballots during election, a, 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 yay or nay, do you want to raise the property taxes? A lot of places said, yeah, but uh, apparently this isn't trickling down to the rural counties here in North Carolina. So, the rural health departments with, of course, smaller tax revenue have less to work with. So, what do they rely on? Grants from the feds and nonprofits. But that's extremely volatile. I mean, the grants, of course, everybody thinks the fed has all the money and uh, donations but if they don't have it they don't have it so that puts them in a bad spot 
But apparently North Carolina isn't the only state that doesn't have a complete budget. It's common across the United States. Now, with this decentralized form of of dispersing money, one thing I found out, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when they were asked, you know, what do you need, how much you need, they couldn't explain it. They couldn't explain, you know, how the, the previous funds and resources were used or couldn't explain what funds and resources they needed because there was no centralized data gathering program. Now, how, how this works is funds and resources are given to specific targeted area that was stunned, that was funded by state or fed dollars I mean one official says it pretty much equates to yeah you would get the money but it was only targeted to one specific area and you had to account for it so I guess they had to go through the bureaucratic red tape of trying to clear the money up so they could use it for uh, the pandemic, which seems kind of odd. I would think that it would be an automatic, but once again, that bureaucratic red tape. Now, they're also experiencing a lack of staff. They need more money, no more people around to, to fit in and fill the need. But Another thing that has came up, once again, this this bureaucratic red tape, especially they specifically named the CARES Act. Apparently with the CARES Act, once again, it specifies as to how the money can be used. But you have to hire someone to do the paperwork because you don't have the staff because of your funds have been cut or you haven't raised enough revenue. So you imagine... You have the feds on your back saying, hey, account for this money. And you have a pandemic where you're saying you need more nurses or doctors or contact tracers. So you have to hire someone to do paperwork as opposed to hiring someone to help you out during a pandemic of this magnitude. It produces another problem, of course. So not only is there a lack of infrastructure, now you have staffing issues. And now you also have to worry about added guidelines. Apparently somebody's uh, counting the pennies. Now, I uh, I have to admit, I, I, I don't know much about this bureaucratic process or, you know, infrastructures of the Department of Health. But it would seem to me that if you have something of this magnitude, meaning COVID, that all of that would just, all of your little red tape or your policy and procedures perhaps would go by the wayside because you have a problem that you need to handle and you need to handle it immediately. Now, imagine if you're, um, say you're a head of a department and you've already experienced budget cuts this pops up 
And now the politicians are coming out saying you need this, 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 or whatever. Sounds good to the media, but in actual practice, you're sitting there looking like, okay, where is all of this coming from? We don't have the resources. We certainly don't have the funding. We don't even have the staff. Now, one particular head mentioned that they had to move people around, which, you know, hey, I mean, that, that's that's any job. You, you know, when something comes up, you got to move people around. But they're finding that they had this particular head found that they had to move a drug counselor to now become a contact tracer. No experience, no training. Just, I guess you got on the job training. Do it. How crazy is that? You know, like I said earlier, apparently this is a problem across the nation. Not just here in North Carolina, but it's everywhere. So, you know, when this study was done, or the data that they could extract was done between 2010 and 2018. That's eight years where they were finding now that funding has been cut. So where did the money go? Who knows? There's no centralized data gathering system. There are big holes in the, the Department of Health. And I don't think it's the ones that are working it. They just have to do their job. I think it comes from a higher up. I mean, you're, 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 of course, your politicians, they make the the decisions, the policymakers, aren't they? So apparently at some point in time, they said, well, we maybe could use this money somewhere else. And I'm sure it was a, a, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Hell, nobody knew COVID was coming, but COVID came and it exposed it like an open sore. The system has been exposed. You're lacking the infrastructure. You're lacking the funds. You're lacking the resources. You're lacking the pe- the personnel. You, you don't have enough staff. I mean, like for nurses. Now, some nurses make a, a nice, a nice amount of money. But if you're going to ask them if you have to hire some and you don't have the budget to hire them or you're trying to will them in with less than what they're accustomed to or less than what they're supposed to get paid and they're saying nah that ain't gonna happen so they have to go back and 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 ask for the ones that have retired to come back I've heard that I know you have I've heard it how I mean all of this exposes our system COVID has exposed our system for what it truly is flawed where we can move money around and say ah it'll be okay and then when something happens like this we run around like a they run around like a bunch of Keystone Cops. You know, those old black and white movies where those Keystone Cops are running around with those little billy clubs and those long jackets and those funny hats bumping into each other. Well, that's pretty much what's happening here across the nation. 
It exposed a weakness. Now, as crazy as it sounds, with this exposure of the weaknesses, a lack, you know, lack of personnel, lack of funding, lack of resources, the infrastructure is totally shot. I wonder how many people lost their lives because of this. I mean, it may seem unfathomable, but come on, think about it. If there are that many holes in a system that is supposed to protect public safety, and at the time the pandemic started or has started, has been ongoing, and now you're finding you don't have those resources and people are coming in, how many people have lost their lives because of that? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to say, I don't want to speculate, but hey, realistically, think about it. I'm sure there's been quite a few. So I'm wondering now, like I said earlier, where did the money go that you, you took from these programs and where did you move it to? Can't you move it back? Can't move it back fast enough. I mean, you can't make the vaccine fast enough. Also, hell, here in Durham, Durham County Health Department has came out and said, you know, at one point they said if you had an appointment, you were fine. They were going to vaccinate you. Now they're coming out and they're canceling all the appointments because they don't know when they're going to get the vaccine or if they are going to get the vaccine. So, again, I ask, where did all the money go? I mean, were you saving it or were you spending it elsewhere? And if you were spending it elsewhere, where were you spending it at? Certainly wasn't here. Certainly wasn't here. And it shows, it shows, it shows, it shows. Well, I don't know about you, but that there opened my eyes to bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is a, a, a funny thing. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. Isn't that the way things go in life? I mean, even with technology, I always say to, you know, hey, when it works, it works. But when it doesn't, it doesn't. It still needs that human interaction. Still needs those human beings there to input those numbers or what have you or hit that button for something to activate. Still need these human beings here to deal with this pandemic, don't we? We find ourselves in a very awkward spot. Awkward and hurtful in many instances. Now, like I said, I'm no politician. I'm no great public health official. But there's a lot of common sense things that have been missed here that, once again, has been exposed. Like you not having a, a centralized data gathering that could be shared across state lines. How long has that been going on? Has that been a standard practice that you only report these numbers every two years? And then when you report them, there's some gaps in it because there's no centralized way of doing it. You just throw together a bunch of numbers, throw it in a report, put it on a spreadsheet and send it out. And that satisfies your, your, your job performance, I guess. Hmm. That's totally unsat. 
I mean, to find out during a pandemic of this magnitude that there are holes into the health department or Department of Public Health and Safety, this is eye-opening. There has to be a lot of changes. I'm not going to say that they're going to change some things. Yeah, they are. They're going to have to. Because there's a lot of accountability practices that haven't been answered or can't be answered because it's been a standard practice. And COVID exposed that. COVID has exposed a lot. But more specifically here, the money that's supposed to be allocated, you think it comes in and and, and we as American citizens and taxpayers, I know I when I first started reading it and then I, I thought to myself, I said, well, well, damn. I mean, I would think that they would have a better plan in place. I mean, they should. I mean, there's money, federal money, taxpayer money that's that's being spent you would think it would be more stringent than this seems like it's a lackadaisical attitude one one official said that I mean and that kind of threw me also she she said outright that yeah the money is given but it's only given for a specific set a specific amount of time and when the money is gone or when the program ends, the money that is dwindled or, or X'd out, meaning they don't receive any more funding. So you just cut the funding for a specific program that you quote unquote said you targeted for and you thought, hey, it's only going to last this amount of time. They won't need any more help. If they do, oh well, whatever. So you cut, I mean, you, you just cut the funding altogether. You know, you have money that's that's for this. When that program or when that time expires, you, you, you stop sending money or you take the money back. Where do you put this money that you take back? And the allotment that you had for a specific thing, how do you determine or how do you know that it can be used for that time and they won't need any more help. Another thing that came out of it, the infectious disease control program at most of these rural health departments, and by rural I mean in, in counties that are further out, you know, the country, they don't have any money or very limited money. Now, now here we have a, a national pandemic, international pandemic, and the infectious and the disease control departments in a lot of these places don't have any money. I mean, they named three counties out in the uh, western part of the state in the mountains that somehow, I mean, and I found that that blew my mind. They they have a high, some of the highest rates of COVID in the state, and I'm thinking, man, man these are. There's not a lot of population in these counties. I mean, it's in a mountain. But maybe it doesn't have anything to do with population. Maybe it has more to do with they don't have the funding or the resources to fight this. So it's spreading. Surprise, it's spreading. Wow, what do you know? So you have to deal with that as a health official. I mean, it's just your job. You're not you're not a policymaker, and you have to sit there and look in these people's faces and try to explain to them why or why not 
you can't do or can do certain things because you don't have the money. Because somebody somewhere sitting in an office, crunching numbers, decided, ah, they don't need that. They can move that somewhere else. Hey, where did you move it? You can't go back and get that. So you have infrastructure problems that have been exposed. You have lack of funding. Lack of resources. And you have lack of personnel because you can't pay them. So where is all of this money that was generated from tax revenue? Because like I said earlier, I could I, I know full, wor- full well that I have voted on many of bond referendums or tax increases on many of ballots and now you're telling me you don't have the money is it that enough people aren't paying taxes what are you doing with the money what are you doing with the revenue why do we have to find wait and find out during a pandemic that the entire state you might as well say is hurting can't provide basic services relying on the feds you know I, I wondered when when this started I can remember uh, President Trump saying well it's a state problem then I remember hearing uh, the governor of North Carolina saying nah we're going to need some help from the feds and other governors across the United States said the sa- exact same thing nah we're going to need some help from the feds now we know why bureaucracy Idiotacy. Let's call it that. Idiotacy and, and, and just a, a total abuse of power. It is what it is. There's no way to clean it up. There's no way. You can't sweep this under the rug. Sorry, not sorry. It's been brought to the forefront. And a lot of people are going to have to answer some questions. Just like when they tried to start when, at the start of the pandemic, when they went to this particular uh, head and asked her about you know, what do you need? How much are you going to need? What resources do you have? She couldn't pull it up because there was no, once again, no centralized data gathering service. That's a huge problem in infrastructure. How can you in 2000, let's say 19, 2020, 2021, not have or not think or not implement a data gathering service where your numbers are they're not even sporadic they're pretty much non-existent because I think when she said when she finally could get to it or when other people across the, the country finally could get to their numbers they found holes in them they found that they had numbers that didn't make any sense whatsoever hey Maybe those dollar amounts also aren't adding up. Somebody's been doing a little numbers crunching. Once again, where's where is the money? Uh, like my uh, like my mother used to say, matters like this when it would come out, and, and, and people would say she would say, "Oh, where's the money?" And then she'd look and say, "Hey." 
It's in somebody's pocket. That's where the money is. Now we need it. I wonder once this pandemic is over, how many of these big wigs are going to lose their jobs or lose their elected posts because it, it has to come out. I mean, how do you as a public health official say flat out you don't have the personnel then you turn around and say you don't have the financial resources to hire them some money's missing some money's gone somewhere and it ain't been put where it was supposed to be that's for sure maybe that's the reason for this decentralized data gathering program that they have doesn't seem it it ain't centralized in the least it is decentralized it's just somebody coming up with some magical numbers and now it's came you know we always say what you do in the dark will come to the light well here's the light COVID is the light it is it's the light sorry not sorry you've been exposed wow well all I can say is, uh, like I said, somebody's going to get it. <laughs> Need to get it. Can't hire people. Can't get the numbers together. Nobody knows where the money is. There's lack of money. The bureaucracy that goes along with the money, where it's geared towards one thing. And once that is, is done or the money's used up, that's it. Heaven forbid if something else pops up where you're going to need an extension. Can't get an extension because they say, hey, that's all the money we allotted to you. We don't have any more nonsense, but that's bureaucracy. It is what it is. Well, I'm going to close this out. Got to get myself together. Time to get moving. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, Offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So, hey, offer some feedback. I won't bite. Not verbally, anyway. I mean, not physically, anyway. I will bite verbally. If you work my last nerve, I will get with you. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Once again, this is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, February the 9th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is lenticular which means having the shape of a 
double convex lens. All right, how about that? I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. I woke up this morning, or we all woke up this morning, to some sad news. Mary Wilson, one of the original Supremes, passed away at 76. Wow. 60 years in show business. Not many people can say that. And by the way, she had a new album that was due out in two months. Well, we'll see how that goes. I'm sad to say usually when they pass, there's something that gets caught up in their estate. And we know how that drags out. But maybe we'll get to hear her voice one last time. You know, also Cicely Tyson passed a a week or so ago. Then there was Hank Aaron. Then there was even Screech from Saved by the Bell. You know, a lot of great entertainers are passing away. Man. But that most definitely was uh, disheartening to, to hear the passing of Mary Wilson. One of the original members of the Supreme. My mother loved the Supreme. She grew up in that... Motown era, so you know there's a lot of them out there that's that's playing those old tunes this morning. All right. Well, the Trump impeachment trial starts, supposed to start at 1 o'clock. Well, we'll see how that goes. Moving on, the National Transportation Safety Board in regards to the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant and others is likely to come out with a report or they've already came out with a report saying that the pilot likely became disoriented when he flew through some clouds. Huh. I didn't know that helos didn't have black boxes. And they're saying that he probably violated some visual flight rules which means you need to see where you're going. Now, the NTSB is an independent federal agency that investigates transportation crashes, but has no enforcement powers. They only submit suggestions to the Federal Aviation Administration or the Coast Guard, which have repeatedly, at some time or another, more likely than not, They reject some of the board's safety recommendations. Now, the Hilo also wasn't equipped with what they're saying that a lot of Hilos need, and maybe after this it will come into play or will be implemented. This is called a a visual, or I guess it's like a, how do you say, I guess it's like a, 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 like a tracking system where they have like a, a, a terrain notification. I guess it lets you know when you're getting close to some hills or mountains or, or what what have you. Apparently, helos don't helicopters don't have it, and they're really pushing for that now more than ever because of this. All right, the UNC game against Miami was canceled due to COVID concerns. Apparently, after the Saturday's night's victory over the Duke Blue Devils and a video surface of two UNC basketball players partying and of course without face masks 
hey, why would you have on a face mask if you're partying and having a good time? Maybe drinking. Nah, I shouldn't say that. Kids in college, underage, don't drink. Do they? Of course they do. Well, this video surfaced and up came the COVID concerns, of course. I gotta say, young man, you gotta make better decisions. Gotta make better decisions. And also, you, classes at UNC has uh, have also been postponed until next week. That is, in-person classes. They're still doing the virtual. Because apparently, which is a tradition, during those uh, UNC and Duke games, great rivalries, students stormed Franklin Street. And they will... If you look at the the video, they apparently they were trying to start a fire. Didn't work so well. Police and campus police and Chapel Hill police quickly came out and put an end to that. But hey, those college kids and that's a, such a great rivalry. I, I mean, you would think that they wouldn't, but you had to know they were going to. I mean, come on now, it's Duke and UNC. What do you expect? All right. You know, yesterday I told you I was going to dive into a, a, a topic that is, um, I don't think many people know. And I didn't know, honestly. Doesn't seem like it, it should be a problem, but it is something. COVID has bought up some uh, holes in, our, in, in many of our public health departments. And apparently they're they're putting a strain on the workers, of course, which is a gimme. And also the strain is really coming from lack of infrastructure, resources, and good old money. Funding. Hmm. What a surprise. That bureaucratic red tape back at work again. Always on at work, I should say. Now, public health workers, they have many roles. But now they're, they're more placed into the uh, contact tracing for COVID, educating their community about safety precautions and more. On top of their regular duties of inspecting water wells and restaurants. Now, North Carolina, and I didn't know this, North Carolina is the nation's ninth most populated state. Now, apparently over the last, the past decade, the number of people working in local public health and the money spent on it at the local and state level has declined. In short, the infrastructure has collapsed. Spending at state level dropped by 27% from 2010 to 2018, which is where this report really digs into. I mean, uh, lot of data, the data that they could find, as I'll explain later, which was another surprise to me. But due to the adjustments based on, or based off of inflation and population growth, it dipped at 16% nationally across all states. North Carolina has apparently what is called a decentralized public health system, which means the local level carries most of the responsibilities of figuring out when the money when the money is when the money comes where it's spent 
and also the resources for local health departments. I mean, presumably, presumably, health departments rely on, of course, which another thing I didn't know that at the local level, funding is 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 relied upon on tax revenues, property tax revenues, to be exact. And that's what gives them a, a, a large percentage, percentage of their operating budget. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, how can that be? I mean, there were several times I remember that uh, in a lot of counties, there was a, a, a what you call a bond referendum where they would put on the ballots during election, a, 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 yay or nay, do you want to raise the property taxes? A lot of places said, yeah, but uh, apparently this isn't trickling down to the rural counties here in North Carolina. So the rural health departments with, of course, smaller tax revenue have less to work with. So what do they rely on? Grants from the feds and nonprofits, but that's extremely volatile. I mean, the grants, of course, everybody thinks the Fed has all the money and the donations, but if they don't have it, they don't have it. So that puts them in a bad spot. But apparently North Carolina isn't the only state that doesn't have a complete budget It's common across the United States. Now, with this decentralized form of of dispersing money, one thing I found out, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when they were asked, you know, what do you need, how much you need, they couldn't explain it. They couldn't explain you know how the the previous funds and resources were used or couldn't explain what funds and resources they needed because there was no centralized data gathering program now how, how this works is funds and resources are given to specific targeted area that was stunned, that was funded by state or fed dollars I mean, one official says it pretty much equates to, yeah, you would get the money, but it was only targeted to one specific area and you had to account for it. So I guess they had to go through the bureaucratic red tape of trying to clear the money up so they could use it for uh, the pandemic, which seems kind of odd. I would think that it would be an automatic, but... Once again, that bureaucratic red tape. Now, they're also experiencing a lack of staff. They need more money, more people around to, to fit in and fill the need. But another thing that has came up, once again, this, this bureaucratic red tape, especially they specifically named the CARES Act. Apparently with the CARES Act, once again, it specifies as to how the money can be used. But you have to hire someone to do the paperwork because you don't have the staff because of your funds have been cut or you haven't raised enough revenue. 
So you imagine you have the feds on your back saying, hey, account for this money. And you have a pandemic where you're saying you need more nurses or doctors or contract contact tracers. So you have to hire someone to do paperwork as opposed to hiring someone to help you out during the, a pandemic of this magnitude. It produces another problem, of course. So not only is there a lack of infrastructure, now you have staffing issues. And now you also have to worry about added guidelines. Apparently somebody's uh, counting the pennies. Now, I uh, I have to admit, I, I, I don't know much about this bureaucratic process or, you know, infrastructures of the Department of Health. But it would seem to me that if you have something of this magnitude, meaning COVID, that all of that would just, all of your little red tape or your policy and procedures perhaps would go by the wayside because you have a problem that you need to handle and you need to handle it immediately. Now, imagine if you're, um, say you're a head of a department and you've already experienced budget cuts, this pops up and now the politicians are coming out saying you need this, 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 and whatever. Sounds good to the media, but in actual practice, you're sitting there looking like, okay, where is all of this coming from? We don't have the resources. We certainly don't have the funding. We don't even have the staff. Now, one particular head mentioned that they had to move people around, which, you know, hey, I mean, that, that's that's any job. You, you know, when something comes up, you got to move people around. But they're finding that they had this particular head found that they had to move a drug counselor to now become a contact tracer. No experience, no training. Just, I guess you got on the job training. Do it. How crazy is that? You know, like I said earlier, apparently this is a problem across the nation. Not just here in North Carolina, but it's everywhere. So, you know, when this study was done or the data that they could extract was done between 2010 and 2018. That's eight years where they were finding now that funding has been cut. So where did the money go? Who knows? There's no centralized data gathering system. There are big holes in the the Department of Health. And I don't think it's the ones that are working it. They just have to do their job. I think it comes from a higher up. I mean, of course, your politicians, they make decisions. The policymakers, aren't they? So apparently at some point in time, they said, well, we maybe could use this money somewhere else. And I'm sure it was a, a, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Hell, nobody knew COVID was coming. But COVID came and it exposed it like an open sore. The system has been exposed. 
You're lacking the infrastructure. You're lacking the funds. You're lacking the resources. You're lacking the pe- the personnel. You, you don't have enough staff. I mean, like for nurses. Now, some nurses make a, a nice, a nice amount of money. But if you're going to ask them, if you have to hire some and you don't have the budget to hire them or you're trying to will them in with less than what they're accustomed to or less than what they're supposed to get paid and they're saying nah that ain't gonna happen so they have to go back and and, and ask for the ones that have retired to come back I've heard that I know you have I've heard it how I mean all of this exposes our system. COVID has exposed our system for what it truly is flawed. Where we can move money around and say, ah, oh, it'll be okay. And then when something happens like this, we run around like a, they run around like a bunch of Keystone cops. You know, those old black and white movies where those. Keystone cops running around with those little billy clubs and those long jackets and those funny hats bumping into each other. Well, that's pretty much what's happening here across the nation. It exposed a weakness. Now, as crazy as it sounds, with this exposure of the weaknesses, a lack, you know, lack of personnel, lack of funding, lack of resources, the infrastructure is totally shot. I wonder how many people lost their lives because of this. I mean, it may seem unfathomable, but come on, think about it. If there are that many holes in a system that is supposed to protect public safety and at the time the pandemic started or has started has been ongoing and now you're finding you don't have those resources and people are coming in how many people have lost their lives because of that I don't want to think about it I don't want to say I don't want to speculate but hey realistically think about it I'm sure there's been quite a few So I'm wondering now, like I said earlier, where did the money go that you you took from these programs and where did you move it to? Can't you move it back? Can't move it back fast enough. I mean, you can't make the vaccine fast enough. Also, hell, here in Durham, Durham County Health Department has came out and said, you know, at one point they said, if you had an appointment, you were fine. They were going to vaccinate you. Now they're coming out and they're canceling all the appointments because they don't know when they're going to get the vaccine or if they are going to get the vaccine. So again, I asked, where did all the money go? I mean, were you saving it? Or were you spending it elsewhere? And if you were spending it elsewhere, where were you spending it at? Certainly wasn't here. Certainly wasn't here. And it shows, it shows, it shows, it shows. Well, I don't know about you, but that there 
opened my eyes to bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is a, a, a funny thing. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. Isn't that the way things go in life? I mean, even with technology, I always say to, you know, hey, when it works, it works. But when it doesn't, it doesn't. It still needs that human interaction. Still needs those human beings there to input those numbers or what have you or hit that button for something to activate. Still need these human beings here to deal with this pandemic, don't we? We find ourselves in a very awkward spot. Awkward and hurtful in many instances. Now, like I said, I'm no politician. I'm no great public health official. But there's a lot of common sense things that have been missed here that once again, has been exposed. Like you not having a, a centralized data gathering that could be shared across state lines. How long has that been going on? Has that been a standard practice that you only report these numbers every two years? And then when you report them, there's some gaps in it because there's no centralized way of doing it. You just throw together a bunch of numbers, throw it in a report, or put it on a spreadsheet and send it out. And that satisfies your, your, your job performance, I guess. Hmm. That's totally unsat. I mean, to find out during a pandemic of this magnitude that there are holes into the health department or department of public health and safety. This is, I opening. There has to be a lot of changes. I'm not going to say that they're going to change some things. Yeah, they are. They're going to have to. Because there's a lot of accountability practices that haven't been answered or can't be answered because it's been a standard practice. And COVID exposed that. COVID has exposed a lot. But more specifically here, the money that's supposed to be allocated you think it comes in and 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 we as american citizens and taxpayers i know i when i first started reading it and then i, I thought to myself i said well what well, damn i mean i would think that they would have a better plan in place i mean they should i mean there's money federal money taxpayer money that's that's being spent you would think it would be more stringent than this Seems like it's a lackadaisical attitude. One, one official said that, I mean, and, and that kind of threw me also. She she said outright that, yeah, the money is given, but it's only given for a specific set, a specific amount of time. And when the money is gone or when the program ends, the money that is dwindled or, or X'd out, meaning they don't receive any more funding. So you just cut the funding for a specific program that you quote unquote said you targeted for and you thought, hey, it's only going to last this amount of time. They won't need any more help if they do. Oh, well, whatever. So you cut, I mean, you, you just cut the funding altogether. You know, you have money that's that's for this. When that program or when that time expires, you, you, you stop sending money or you take the money back. Where do you put this money that you take back? 
and the allotment that you had for a specific thing, how do you determine or how do you know that it can be used for that time and they won't need any more help? Another thing that came out of it, the infectious disease control program at most of these rural health departments, and by rural, I mean in, in counties that are further out, you know, the country, they don't have any money or very limited money. Now, now here we have a, a national pandemic, international pandemic, and the, the infectious and the disease control departments in a lot of these places don't have any money. I mean, they named three counties out in the uh, western part of the state in the mountains that somehow, I mean, and I found that, that blew my mind. They, they have a, some of the highest rates of COVID in the state. And I'm thinking, man, man these are, they, these, there's not a lot of population in these counties. I mean, it's in a mountain. But maybe it doesn't have anything to do with population. Maybe it has more to do with they don't have the funding or the resources to fight this. So it's spreading. Surprise, it's spreading. Wow, what do you know? So you have to deal with that as a health official. I mean, it's just your job. You're not you're not a policymaker. And you have to sit there and look in these people's faces and try to explain to them why or why not you can't do or can do certain things because you don't have the money. Because somebody somewhere sitting in an office, crunching numbers, decided, ah, they don't need that. They can move that somewhere else. Hey, where did you move it? Or or, you can't go back and get that. So you have infrastructure problems that have been exposed. You have lack of funding. Lack of resources. And you have lack of personnel because you can't pay them. So where is all of this money that was generated from tax revenue? Because like I said earlier, I could I, I know full world full well that I have voted on many of bond referendums or tax increases on many of ballots. And now you're telling me you don't have the money. Is it that enough people aren't paying taxes? What are you doing with the money? What are you doing with the revenue? Why do we have to find, wait and find out during a pandemic that the entire state, you might as well say, is hurting? Can't provide basic services. Relying on the feds. You know, I I wondered... When, when this started, I can remember uh, President Trump saying, well, it's a state problem. Then I remember hearing uh, the governor of North Carolina saying, nah, we're going to need some help from the feds. And other governors across the United States said the exact same thing. Nah, we're going to need some help from the feds. Now we know why. Bureaucracy. Idiotacy. Let's call it that idiocy and, and, and just a, a total abuse of power. It is what it is. There's no way to clean it up. There's no way you can't sweep this under the rug. Sorry, not sorry. It's been brought to the forefront. 
and a lot of people are going to have to answer some questions just like when they tried to start at the start of the pandemic when they went to this particular uh, head and asked her about you know what do you need how much are you going to need what resources do you have she couldn't pull it up because there was no once again no centralized data gathering service that's a huge problem in infrastructure how can you in 2000 let's say 19 2020 2021 not have or not think or not implement a data gathering service where your numbers are they're not even sporadic they're pretty much non-existent because I think when she said when she finally could get to it or when other people across the, the country finally could get to their numbers they found holes in them they found that they had numbers that didn't make any sense whatsoever hey maybe those dollar amounts also aren't adding up somebody's been doing a little numbers crunching once again where's where is the money uh, like my uh like my mother used to say with matters like this when it would come out and, and and people would say she would say oh where's the money and then she'll look and say hey it's in somebody's pocket. That's where the money is. Now we need it. I wonder once this pandemic is over, how many of these big wigs are going to lose their jobs or lose their elect, elected posts? Because it, it has to come out. I mean, how do you, as a public health official, say flat out you don't have the personnel then you turn around and say you don't have the financial resources to hire them some money's missing some money's gone somewhere and it ain't been put where it was supposed to be that's for sure maybe that's the reason for this decentralized data gathering program that they have doesn't seem it it ain't centralized in the least it is decentralized it's just somebody coming up with some magical numbers and now it's came you know we always say what you do in the dark will come to the light well here's the light COVID is the light it is it's the light sorry not sorry you've been exposed wow well all I can say is, uh, like I said, somebody's going to get it. <laughs> Need to get it. Can't hire people. Can't get the numbers together. Nobody knows where the money is. There's a lack of money. The bureaucracy that goes along with the money, where it's geared towards one thing, and once that is is done or the money's used up, that's it. Heaven forbid if something else pops up where you're going to need an extension, can't get an extension because they say, hey, that's all the money we allotted to you. We don't have any more nonsense, but that's bureaucracy. It is what it is. Well, I'm going to close this out. Got to get myself together. Time to get moving. 
Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So, hey, offer some feedback. I won't bite. Not verbally, anyway. I mean, not physically, anyway. I will bite verbally. If you work my last nerve, I will get with you. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Once again, this is Stephen Cornegay for This Is... Just a thought. Amen.